season to be brawny. Fa la 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 la, I'm already him. Brawny Bothers is the podcast you have chosen to put in your ears right now. And the guest this week is Timothy Mudd. He's a musician from South London, even though I asked that at the very start of the episode. So I'm just repeating myself in a little bit. Um, he was once signed to Virgin Records, then he got dropped. I've brought that up. He has um, some interesting insights on... Uh, I mean, he's recorded, I think, more song- more songs than I have, yet not released as many, I think. I think that's right. And uh, that baffles me, so I really wanted to talk to him about that sort of stuff. And he's a super nice guy. I met him... Um, at an open mic in uh, on Park Boulevard in San Diego at Mueller across the street um, which is a famous um, famous open mic uh, it was originally the Twigs open mic which uh, birthed people like Jason Mraz, Tristan Pittyman Tristan Pittyman? Tristan Prettyman uh, I think Jewel and stuff like that Good, good times came from that era, and uh, he was the man back then. He was the host, and he still is. Um, my single, You Are My Friend, have you guys been spreading that around? You should be. I think it needs to be spread. Soon it will be released officially um, and sent to TV and radio and all that sort of jargon, but for now, until 2012, when I can afford a little bit more coin... Uh, it's it's running on word of mouth, so shoot it around, please. Shoot it around, shoot it around, shoot it around. Come on. All right. Um, it's nearly Christmas, so I've checked out. I don't even know what to tell tell you about. I'm just ready to receive some presents and give some and drink a lot of whiskey. That's what I plan to be doing. What are you guys going to be doing? Let me know. Um, let's chat. All right. Sit back. Let, uh, let me bother you and Timothy Mud. Here we go. See ya. Too much talking, too much chatter. And says we're cheap at a party You can tell the truth But it won't matter It's too much trouble on the vine I said Ooh, the devil is open And ooh, God is closed And king's in drag And the queen's lost all her clothes And it wasn't, wasn't it the, the late season Yeah, that sort of relationship. It, it was kind of. I think it was kind of a mentorship, but it was kind of a. I think it was more of like a nemesis deal. Yeah, you know, because because nemesis isn't always bad. Like it's yeah. always it, it, it's sort of just like there's a mutual respect, mm-hmm. and you kind of. I think they were trying to help each other in the beginning, and yeah. then you know the daddies just took off. And yeah, it's crazy. I might watch that again. But you know, out of all of the. Uh, at the end of the day, he's still working and they're not. Yeah. Know, so. Yeah, that's true. Uh, have you watched the Daniel Johnston? Um, no, I haven't. It's great. Yeah. It's so good. He like recorded almost every conversation he ever had in his life. Really? With like a dictaphone. Yeah. That's crazy. They said when they were going through his stuff, when like they asked him if, if they could go through his house to mm-hmm. find things for the documentary, they found a whole room full of cassette tapes. Really, and they just started listening to him, and it's just him like having arguments on the street with people, and that's crazy. Everything, and it's like so they can just show like a still photo, and have this really amazing conversation played over the top. It's, it's such a cool documentary. Nice, yeah, I'll have to check it out. Um, so I'm here with Tim Mudd, everybody. We've been recording already. You know that? <laughs> 
I, I saw we'd been recording. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tim Mudd is a uh, a musician from where? Uh, from South London. South London. Yeah. This, is there a city name? Uh, Kingston. Kingston. Yeah. What made you come to San Diego? Uh, I came out for work. Yeah. Thirteen years ago. What were you doing? Uh, pretty much what I'm doing now: web uh, web design, graphic design. Yeah. Um, I came out for a startup that uh, I was supposed to come and do a three-month sabbatical, mm. and it's been 13 years. Wow. Yeah. So you had a job lined up here, yeah. specifically. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was, I thought maybe you came here for the for the music, but you didn't. Um, I I did. I mean, I music's been a massive, massive, massive part of my life mm. since uh, since I first saw Rattle and Hum when I was. Uh, I don't even know who that is. When I was ten years old. Uh, it's the U uh, two um, ah. concert documentary. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, Rattle and Hum, and uh, that that pretty much sealed my fate as wanting to yeah. be a. A musician, and um, and I I took the job because of its proximity to Los Angeles. Really, our proximity to Los Angeles, because yep. I figured that I could. I'd, I'd already um, been working on some demos. I'd already released some stuff in the UK. Just trying to, just on a very very minor level, mm-hmm. and you know, figured that this would be a, pl- a good place for me to spring off from. Yeah. And yeah. as soon as I left London, went nuts on the folk scene. So. Oh really? Yeah. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real bummer. How old were you when you left? Uh, I came here when I was 20. So, okay, so yeah. you would have been... How long were you doing it back home before you came here? Uh, about five years. Yeah, wow. since I was 15. Yeah. Pretty early. Yeah, that's that's when I started songwriting. Before that, I was just playing guitar. I played guitar and bass in bands. Yeah. Um, really bad, bad yeah. <laughs> heavy metal bands. <laughs> awesome. um, I think that's the way a lot of people say. Yeah. I was in punk bands I was, through my uh, teens. I was a shredder. Yeah, really? Yeah, I, was, wow. uh, I went to the Musicians Institute in London. Oh, I did wow. to the, the London campus and yeah. So, okay, so I was playing. Was. I was playing power chords as nice. fast as I could. Nice. <laughs> That's about all I ever did. And then I went. It's pretty easy to play slow, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you said you released music in London. Yeah, just on a literally like I was making tapes and giving okay. them out to people that came to my shows. Yeah. You know, Can so. I ask how old you are now? I'm 33 now. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Because. So. When, what? <laughs> we have we have a guest in our studio. What did you say? Oh. <laughs> um, so when you came here, did you get like stuck into it straight away, or did you kind of get your job going and then? No, um, I, I pretty much music's always been my number one focus. So mm-hmm. it's it was that's just what I did. I mean, I, I you know I, a job's a job, and I do it during the day. But but music's what I love, and yeah. you know that's what I eat sleep and breathe so yeah you know so so yeah that was just uh i i <laughs> i moved out um i didn't know anybody i literally knew nobody my first gig was at a, a restaurant in lucadia um and uh it was terrible um <laughs> and uh, and I, I literally went door to door I, I as soon as I got off work on like my second day here, I started knocking on people's doors and wow. handing out flyers and asking who wanted me to play. And I, I, yeah. I got a my my first gig, real like steady gig, was um playing at six a.m. in a coffee shop called uh, uh, Moonlight Cafe, and it turned into a Java. I, it's changed like three times since yeah, then, yeah. but but I yeah, so I played from like six till seven a.m. Um, and then went to work after that. Wow, so, yeah. Yeah, that was fun. That's amazing. Yeah, did that for a few months and then yeah. got and then. How could you sing <clears> at six a.m.? 
Um, lots of coffee and cigarettes. <laughs> yeah, cool. yeah, and um, and then uh, yeah, I, I, uh, then I, I got you know some nighttime gigs from that, and then uh, um, I met uh, a drummer uh, who's been one of my best friends for you know yeah thirteen years now. Yeah, well, wow. and so we we started a band, and we were a, a trio for about six years I got a bass we had a, a rotating cast of bass players and, mm-hmm. um, but we we did pretty well and uh, you know we did some touring and you know released a couple of records and that was fun as Tim Mudd or as Tim Mudd yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, yeah we uh, we were signed very briefly um, oh, I was going to ask you about this yeah to, uh, to, to Virgin what um, happened there tell me the whole how did that even come about um, it came about literally through, it, it was one of those, it was actually one of those kind of like, um, sort of fairy tale stories actually. Yeah. Um, somebody who had, uh, it's kind of convoluted, but we'd been working on a record with a producer who unfortunately passed in the middle of producing the, mm. the record. Um, a friend of his who'd been coming out to the shows really enjoyed our music and had one of our demos in his car um, and he played it to a friend of his who was a VP um, at wow. EMI and responsible for Virgin and wow. so you know one thing led to another it was for nine months um, they they took us straight back into the same studio that we'd been in yeah. um, with a different producer and um, we got nine songs of a proposed 12 song album finished in those nine months um yeah it was really really hard really and then um richard branson's thing split off you know they they, they they'd already split off v2 and and had virgin and it just it, it, it was just kind of started at the top and just had a trickle down effect so all of the more recent bands just yeah got, really you know screwed so yeah. we, we were one of those bands and yeah um yeah, we were supposed to go. <laughs> I don't know how this would have been actually. I, I think it was a blessing. We were supposed to go on a, a tour of Barnes and Nobles around the country. Wow. That was that was their first tour that they were paying for. <laughs> um, was that we would go to Barnes and Nobles and play as a uh, as a quote unquote coffee shop act. Yeah. Um, and it, it probably would have been cool, but that that wasn't where we really were. And and mm-hmm. and I I don't looking back on it now think that the songwriting was as anywhere near as, as as good as things that I've come up with now and I think yep. there's been a lot of there's been a lot of hardship that's led to that which I which I'm I'm personally and you know I'm profoundly happier with that than mm-hmm. I, than I probably would have been with anything else. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we would have done very well. No. If uh, if they had released stuff for us. <laughs> <laughs> what what was hard about being I mean because that's you're the only person I've spoke to spoken to on the show so far that's been signed to a major label. Um what was hard about the recording process in those nine months? You know, it it was just it it really took all of the, you know, I, at that time I was coming from a place where, um, you know, I had I still had the ideology. Ideology, it's like you know, oh, you know, you play some shows, a scout finds you, yep. you know, you 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 get signed, yeah, you know, all your worries go away, yeah, and yeah. it's complete bullshit yeah <laughs> it's uh are we allowed to swear on this oh yeah yeah okay cool yeah um so yeah <laughs> it's totally it was it was it, it it sucked i mean it was just um 
the amount of music that we were making was completely minimized by all of the meetings and phone calls yeah and, really you know this that and the other and 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 there's a lot of things that i learned like um uh, there's a lot of money that we give away by not being prepared as business yeah. people yeah, um, yeah, yeah you know i never documented any of the promotional work that we'd done with the band that had got us to that point and really? i didn't know that if i had documented all that in a diary i would have probably made another 20 percent really? on, on on what they were offering us because their marketing people didn't have to guess anything or, or didn't have to guess as much you mm -hmm. know they'd be like oh he's done this that and the other this worked that worked this didn't that you know that's all they really care about I mean, yeah. it, it is a business and and i think at this point it's a little personally i think it's a little bit late to even be dissecting the music industry i mean it's 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 dying i mean it's yeah. it's it's, yeah. A, it's a big dinosaur mm -hmm. and it's it's sitting there kind of you know flailing around on the ground you know at least yeah the major label level yeah yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely and the yeah. major label and i think more of a you know the independent i think i think it's and i've been saying this for years it's a very very exciting time right now mm -hmm. um and it's sort of akin to to sort of the dawn of rock and roll where you know we had we've got everything available to us yeah the the everything that the the, the major labels are able, are able to do you know the the promotion the distribution channels i mean you know you couldn't have told anybody you couldn't have got a, a Bronny song you know into into a house in russia mm. 10 15 years ago absolutely not yeah but you could do you could probably do it in less than two or three days right now you, yep. you know you could find somebody you know somebody and yep. you know send it to like there you go i've got a fan in russia you know? <laughs> yeah. it's yeah. like yeah. it's like but you know that's that that's possible now um yep. the, the only thing that the the, I think the only thing that the majors still have, which um, we don't, is um, uh, what's the word? They've definitely got the ability to make things happen quickly. Yeah, you know that they've still got the means. They've still got the. Uh, um, they they have the know how. They know the people, and and still knowing people is still very very important. Yeah. yeah. But you know we 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 have all the te technical issues covered now yeah, yeah you know yeah. it's just really do how how effectively can we use those yeah you know we, we don't want to be out there spamming people and mm. you know driving people crazy you yeah. know on social networks and right, all that kind yeah. of stuff but um but you know by by actually knowing how to talk to people and 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 building networks building relationships which is all that the labels really had was mm. relationships yeah, yeah yeah same in radio i mean it's all relationships you know yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. it's that's that's still a part that I, I think is very much overlooked. Yeah, and I think when you you know you have your hermit friends who are musical geniuses that are sitting in their houses and everyone's like, oh well, so and so is amazing, but he's not signed. Well, he's not signed because he sits in his house all day and he yeah, doesn't yeah. do anything. Yeah, you know, get out and do it. And yeah, um, I think also they're just not very resourceful anymore. Like major label just throws money at some like at things to make them happy happen, whereas like you and I will find a friend to help make something happen like we'll search for the right person to do the right job right right as cheap as we possibly can absolutely uh, and we can probably get you know a, a similar sort of job done mm -hmm. say like you know the artwork on my album was done for free because i just made some good friends mm -hmm. whereas they'll just go oh so and so is great at art let's throw him ten thousand dollars and yeah you know they're just i think that's a, a massive reason why they're dying is because 
they're, they're just not resourceful anymore. They just throw, they just go. Well, and, it, and it's relying. Oh, you want to acquire? Yes, let's pay thousands of dollars for one. <laughs> and it's relying on old methods as well. I mean, yeah. but everyone's doing that. I mean, you know, technology really, I don't think, um, I think more than at any other point, it's definitely in our lifetimes right now, technology is really dictating a lot of change. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people are sinking. Yeah. A lot of, you know, jobs are changing, the economy's changing. I mean, everything is changing. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, there's got to be a way to, you know, people have to start refinding their niches because a lot of the old methods just aren't working anymore. Yeah. And and one of those things is throwing money. I mean, it is to some extent, but I think, you know, we're really going to start seeing a backlash, you know, on, you know, television networks and mm-hmm. you know, everything soon because it's, it, 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 again, it has a trickle down effect. And I think, you know, TV is sort of the last bastion that's that's falling. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, if anyone's tried to sit through a network, um, yeah. a cable television show recently, as opposed to throwing on your Apple TV, I mean, you yeah, know, absolutely. it's it's, yeah. uh, it's, it's, it's a, a stark difference. Absolutely, you know? yeah. When people can just choose whatever they want, whenever they want. Right, yeah. exactly. It's hard to try yeah. to tell them yeah. anymore. Um, you gave me just like about four minutes ago, after you said, you mentioned folk, and then you said it's really hard to focus. I uh, I thought that's probably a great name for some sort of folk band. Folk us, <laughs> focus. <laughs> or my next album. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I think that's great. I'll, I'll stand behind it. Um, now, there's something I wanted to ask you about that uh, baffled me like a year ago when you and I met on Twitter because we didn't actually meet in person before right. we met on Twitter. Right. Um, you said that you've made three albums mm-hmm. that you've never released. Yes. Why? Because I don't like them. Really? Yeah. Uh, tell me more. <laughs> you know, um, I... And it's funny, I'm, I'm, I wrestle with it a lot. Like, I actually... You, you've caught me at a really interesting time in, in my musical um, uh, journey. Mm-hmm. I, I hate that. But yeah, but yeah, my, yeah. My, 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 my musical... Uh, uh, I would, I'll come up with a better word for it later. Um, <laughs> okay. But um, yeah, I've actually been going back over a lot of those old recordings. I mean, I have, I've uh, said over three records worth of material that has just never been released, and and it just, I, I think it just didn't feel right. And I, I feel like if I can't stand behind something, mm-hmm. if I can't say, okay, I'm going to spend the next eighteen months standing behind this record, yeah you know um then you know i don't want to put it out there and 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 i think also it was i didn't really feel like i had a a groundswell of support behind me either to Mm -hmm. to to help me get get that music out there in a in a sustainable fashion yeah um i'd recorded a couple of them with a um, good friend and, and local producer Aaron Bowen, and um, oh, yeah. and and I hadn't uh, I hadn't really been able to <laughs> replicate a lot of the stuff that we did. I mean, mainly because I'm a songwriter, and you know, and he's a, a great studio guy, yeah, and, yeah. and and he has an ability to use instruments like you know their you know cooking utensils, and yeah. and, and and I'm more of the you know, melody, lyric, mm-hmm. you know, passion guy. Yeah. Just, you know, you know, that sits there the whole time going, Man, this is amazing while, <laughs> yeah. while, he, while he's while yeah. he's standing there cooking. You yeah, know? that's right. Um yeah. and uh and so I I just I, you know, that that was that time period and then since then I've been, you know, working with my band for the last three years and and really just um 
Yeah, just and your it, band is strangers and wardens. Four strangers, four and, strangers wardens. and wardens. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And when's that? Is that off the ground at the moment, or is that just still uh, yeah, in the works? Yeah, it is. Or? You know, it's <laughs> life's a funny thing. Yeah, you know, it sure um, is. And uh, and right now, I'm. Do you want, do you want to pause for? Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Right. So I'll just pause for a second. I can I'll, I'll just leave it running and edit it now. Yeah. It doesn't last long when people stand there. We're actually in Tim Mudd's office at uh, Radio Sophie. Everybody? CBS Radio. CBS Radio. Yeah. yeah. Sounds way cooler. It is. <laughs> <laughs> My main focus has been uh, creating a long-term uh, revenue flow mm-hmm. from from my music um, not because I've given up the dream and got too pragmatic and realized I you know just need to you know make money from it yeah um, well I have got pragmatic and I realize I, I do want to make money from it but but I haven't but I haven't you know given up that dream of, of actually being and, and playing and, and, yeah. and recording Absolutely. but I've also realized at this point that that is a lost leader as far as as far as the money goes sorry mm-hmm. I, i'm an economics major so I, oh, you really? know, yeah so wow. I, i'm I, I, I sit yeah, i sit yeah. back and i you know i, I look at it Man, all it'd be tough it would have been tough the whole time being an economics major and <laughs> trying to be a musician at the same I time know, it really is bad it's like it's like being jekyll and hyde <laughs> this is not how it's supposed to work yeah, i've studied this yeah exactly um <laughs> And, um, you know, it's great, but I mean, there, there isn't a lot of money out there and, mm-hmm. you know, for, you know, if you think about it, you, it's, you release a record, you, you want to go and take that record to people, you want to go and perform, so you want to put a tour together, you know, you do all the stuff yep. that, that you're supposed to do. Um, and at the end of the day, it's great experience. Like, you know, I've, mm-hmm. I've had some great times. I've done some great tours. Yeah. Um, and I've been totally broke at the end of it. Yeah. You know, um, bar one, I, I had, I had, uh, I had oh, one and a half. I had, I had one really incredible experience, which actually um, made me go back into wanting to do music mm-hmm. um, very, even more passionately than I'd started. Um, I'll tell you that story quickly, actually. Yeah, awesome. um, I uh, was uh, I was working with uh, Will Edwards, um, and uh, he and I were putting a tour together up to the Pacific Northwest. Mm-hmm. This was October two thousand eight, I think. Yeah. Um, and um, I had uh, the company that I come out here for um, to, to work for had, had slowly been changing, and uh, and I, I left. Um, mm-hmm. Because uh, of various various reasons, but um, I'd had a little bit of uh, a little bit of pay problem with them. I hadn't got my last last few paychecks, and um, I knew this tour was coming up, and I'd I'd, I'd tried really really hard to um, get the money from them so that I could cover the initial cost I knew I would need for you know accommodation and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. I, I didn't get there. I literally did not. I had maxed out credit cards, and I had not a penny. But everything was like I did not know how I was going to cover it, and um, and so Will actually said, "Well, I'm not going to bail on the tour now. I'll cover you for the first couple of days, and, mm-hmm. and we'll, we'll see what we can do." Um, and you know, I was like, "Okay, well, we'll balance out, and I'll get the money." And da da da. da. Yep. And um, so we got on the road. We played the first couple of dates, and it was Portland. We got to Portland, Oregon, um, and. Uh, and I, I, I had an email sitting in my inbox when I got there and I, we, we got to a coffee shop. I opened it up that said, we cannot pay you. Oh, wow. And it was thousands of dollars. 
um, that would have totally covered me for the next couple of weeks. It would have covered my rent, the whole works. I was fucked. Like, mm-hmm. I literally couldn't even afford a cup of coffee. Yeah. Um, and so I just, I, I, I walked out on the street. I, I, I happened to see a couple of homeless guys. I'm like, man, they have more than I do right now. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I, I talked to Will and, um, you know, he said, well, you know, let's just see what we can do. I mean, we're now a thousand miles away from home, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, I, basically either I got a bus back or, you know, I, um, you know, continued. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I hustled. I, I never realized I had that much hustle in me. And yeah, really? I, I sold almost every CD that I had, everything that we played. I, um, I made money at the shows. I had gave that cash to a venue owner who um, wrote a check to my roommate for the rent that I sent back because it was like a three-week tour. Um, so he sent it back to cover my rent so that my roommate didn't, you know, have yeah. problems at home. And by the time we were done, I ended up with like 300 bucks in my pocket coming back, which awesome. was 300 bucks more than I'd had. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it was crazy. I'd, um, <laughs> and you'd paid for yourself the whole and way. And I paid for myself the whole way. Our rooms, and, and, for, like, and do you know the biggest thing was food? Mm-hmm. Food, I literally, I, I and I ca- still to this day cannot eat um, peanut butter and honey sandwiches <laughs> because I went to Trader Joe's and I picked up like loaves of bread and like peanut butter and honey yep. and literally just made this shit and yeah. in the back of the car before shows and yeah. Yeah, Will would be like okay I'm heading off to get a burger and like okay enjoy you know like eating my sandwich yeah. and, um, but yeah it, it, it worked I mean, yeah. it worked really well I think my, I think I ended up spending like 45 bucks on food the whole time wow that's amazing yeah. I am um, I've stayed in Sydney um, with a band a bunch of friends of mine uh, they're all in a band together and they had like a wall their whole wall was covered um, in cans of baked beans wow because that was kind of their that was their way of never spending money on food they just like Damn. how long are we out for today and 10 he- hours oh three cans each yeah and he- and heating <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> yep um, oh and also just on on that uh, I have a an opposite story of being broke and trying to get trying to get a gig i was in sydney and, and it was two of my friends and we were just like had no money and, we, and i was like we actually didn't go there to tour but we were just we just went for a road trip and then realized none of us really have any money to stay anywhere and, and um and i just said uh oh let's just go play at the let's just go play somewhere like i'll go get some money and i went to this pub and i'm like hey you know we're three musicians we'd like to play tonight for mm-hmm. for everyone and he was like how much do you charge? And I was like, oh, 100 bucks will do it. And he goes, nah. And I just went, oh, dinner for the three of us then. And he goes, you mustn't be very good. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, no, no, I'm just hungry. We're just hungry. <laughs> like, it's not that we're crap. We're just yeah. really hungry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's really funny. That sucks. Um, <laughs> uh, now, you hosted radio? You host a show? I did host you, a show. You did host? I did host a show, yeah. I hosted Love Songs. Whoa! Yeah, um, on Kixie, which was seven till midnight. So um, you, you were that guy that was. Like, I was. This I, one's going out. Yeah, to... exactly. Really, and it was actually. I'm. I'm really thinking about writing a book on this. Really, because because it was. Um, 
it was a crazy experience. It was like me and Quiet Storm were mm. like the two guys holding down like the you know, and Quiet Storm's like this big Barry White black dude. And, yeah. You know, and you know, and I'm this skinny white <laughs> yeah. English boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who's just looking for a job. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I ended up with this show and um it was funny because yeah, it's that whole like nighttime radio thing is kind of weird, you know. The the listeners come on, and mm -hmm. you know the ones that you do speak to are kind of creepy, and you realize that there's actually only three people listening, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, we, we, it was pretty good. I mean, it was actually, I mean, I'm 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 giving it not enough credit. I mean, it was it was it was slipped between number one and number three for for a year, you know, and yeah. and, and nighttime radio. And but the thing was is that um, I didn't really know what to do, and you know the the songs were terrible that we were playing yeah. and um so i i kind of made up this entire alternate lovesick san diego and i wrote all these stories uh, wow, that really? are completely fictional and I, i'd spend like half my day writing these stories but i would then read on air like, oh wow. I, I got an email from so and so and i you know so i, I created this whole alternate so reality you had fake <clears throat> emails yeah yeah Ev <laughs> Everything was fake. <laughs> Everything was fake because because the emails we were getting you you couldn't repeat them on air. Oh well. Yeah, yeah. That's it, made me think about everything I've ever heard on the radio. Oh yeah, I mean it's yeah. We, it was we, we really like we really made up this entire show for a year. It was wow. exhausting. Yeah. It was, I mean, I tell you, like. The last thing I wanted to do at night was go home and say anything nice to my girlfriend after I did the <laughs> <Yeah. her> show. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I love you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, whatever. Exactly. Good night. And 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 and, and I actually, uh, I, I feel bad for Jen because I, I I used her. Uh, she's now my fiance actually. And oh, uh, but but I but thank you. But I I, I used her um, many many a time. Really? Yeah. Just, like stories. Involving yeah, just, her. just 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 stories. Yeah, just, just because that, that that helped me like get yeah. the inspiration going. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know and you know all and it was kind of cathartic for me because all of the you know the dick things that we do as guys to, yeah, our, yeah. to our girlfriends and you know our significant others um you know i got to actually you know use the radio's therapy for that wow you know, and, and you know i'd get listed the listeners that did call would call and be like wow that guy's a dick i'm like oh, <laughs> shit i need to buy jen flowers now <laughs> sometimes sometimes just slip up you're like hey watch it they're like what do you mean <laughs> Well, I was going to ask if hosting a radio show had any um, effect on your music career, but I can't imagine doing a love <laughs> love show at night. It, possibly it, you had know, any it it did in some ways. I mean, you mm. know, I I just I just read yesterday actually in a program for a show that um, we're both playing in yes, tonight. Yes. Um, that apparently it's the thing I'm known best for in San Diego now. Oh which wow. I, I did not know until I read it in this program, but it must be true. And how did... Uh, oh, first I want to go back to the Virgin thing, just yeah, really yeah. quickly. Did they affect your songwriting in any way? Did no. They, they didn't? No, I, I mean, it, I'm really stubborn when it comes to songwriting. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I do... I do I would say I probably do more design than I do songwriting, and I have no ego in my design. Like, I just whatever the client wants i do for them yeah. just because it's far less heartache for me yeah um yeah. but with music it's totally the opposite with mm -hmm. the songwriting it's like <clears throat> if you don't like my songs that's totally your prerogative mm -hmm. but i don't care like yeah. that's just yeah that's i mean awesome. that's what i did it's generally a feeling i definitely try and get my structure down i don't try and be abstract mm -hmm. um 
I, you know, the only tweaks that were ever really, and, and this has kind of been a, th- a theme with my music, is, is that the only tweaks that have ever been suggested, whether it was by Virgin Execs or by Aaron Bowen or whoever else was working with me, mm-hmm. um, was, you know, add a chorus here or, you know, or, or add something in here. Generally, my songs have been too short. Yeah, okay. Um, and, you know, I, I tend to, once I've got my point across, I kind of want to be done with it. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Because in the beginning, there were so many songs when I followed the, you know, verse, chorus, verse, yeah, chorus, yeah. chorus, you know, mm-hmm. outro, um, yeah. where I was bored by the second chorus. Yeah. You know, I'm just like, oh, I just want this to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, so I tend I tend to fall definitely under the three, yeah. three and a half minute mark. I think that's better than like the other way around like I see a lot of people at open mics just playing crazily long songs Mm -hmm. like they kind of get in the mood to tell this story and then verse after verse right right. and it's like you could have dumbed this down Occam's Razor I like to apply that yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Um, there's a there's a song I heard once it was like about the story of Jesus going to Jerusalem (laughs) okay sorry I, I I didn't mean to laugh <laughs> for any, but the chorus for, for any uh, religious, the cor- the inclined yeah. people out there. I apologise, <laughs> but if you are listening, I'm probably not the person you have to be hearing. <laughs> well, the reason I bring it up has nothing to do with actually religion. But um, the chorus was one line. It was just on the road to Jerusalem, right? So, to me, a chorus of that length did not justify. The seven verses, right, right, <laughs> and I, by the end, I was just listening, going, "Please be quiet." <laughs> like, I get it. This is all yeah. that happened on the road. Yeah, just yeah. So I w- appreciate the fact Jesus that was a rock star, though. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. you, you, I, I can't imagine all of the crazy shit that dude got up to on the road to Jerusalem. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I I would probably make fourteen verses out of that. It's probably a pretty cool story. <laughs> he was kind of like the Led Zeppelin of his time, so I hear. <laughs> Um, so you interned at Polygram as well, I read. Yes. Tell me about that. Uh, I was living in, excuse me, I was living in Boulder, Colorado. Um, I, uh, You moved around. Yeah. Yeah. This was back in 96. Mm -hmm. Um, I was working at a record store and it was, um, it was fun. It was, that was my first job in America. Um, I got to, um. Uh, work with the, the label reps would come in and they mm-hmm. had the, like this little internship program and, and none of the you know none of the jaded record store clerks wanted to do it but I was like the wet behind the ears totally green yeah, like, yeah. you know limey yeah it was like oh yeah I'll do it that sounds great you know yeah. <laughs> so, um, went in it was fun it was one day a week and you know we got to you know they, they kind of gave us the inner workings of the you know the the local the, the inner workings of the local level for the labels so because yeah. you know people are assigned different areas so yeah. you know they're different responsibilities and the two highlights um, was I got to help organize a uh, um, a, a pre-show party for Rage Against the Machine when they were opening for U2 wow. at Mile High Stadium which is no wow. longer there um, or at least that one isn't there anymore mm-hmm. <clears throat> and um, so that was fun and the other was a, uh, a CD release show for Ben Harper um, for his awesome. uh, his third record which was really cool yeah and we we did it in like this warehouse in denver and it was totally and, and the coolest thing about it was that we'd spent all this time and energy getting the perfect stage set up for him yeah and he looked at the stage when he came out and he was like i'd rather just sit and play 
and he we everyone moved all the chairs kind of like an open mic just like he sat in the middle and just played completely acoustic for an hour and a half wow and it wasn't boring you'd think that an hour and a half you know mm-hmm. it would get boring after a while but he played he played stuff from his record he played covers he was the coolest guy yeah really really cool and so you obviously got to meet him and hang out with him yeah, briefly. Yeah, r- briefly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. As, as much as you do. I mean, yeah. not really. Ever. And Zach Della Rocha. Zach Della Rocha. Yeah. yeah, Tom Morello. Yeah, man. Yeah, they were good. It's awesome. They were all, storied history. But but you know, yeah, I'm just you know, obviously to them, I was just like a yeah. a teenager Stupid that was term. just hanging out. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Um, now a days you host the uh, Mueller Open Mic. Yeah. And. Uh, for those who kind of are aware, that's kind of like the the new Twigs open mic, which was a big, quite a big, yeah, open mic back. It in the was, day. yeah, back in the day. Um, Jason Mraz played there. Yep. Bushweiler played there. Tristan Bridgman. Yeah. Arnie Marina. Mm-hmm. Molly Jensen. Mm-hmm. Greg Laswell. All yeah. those peeps. All those peeps. And now it's your your little baby. Yeah, yeah. It's just, How long have you been doing it? Um, well, I did th- I did it at Twigs for. Oh, you did do it at Twigs. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no, I I hosted the last four years, three and a half years of it. Four oh, years. Oh wow. Yeah. Um, so, so did you? Were you hosting when those people came? Through? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, I um, were not um, Jason. Jason would come back every now and again. Um, mm-hmm. You know, at, at that point, most of them were just kind of you know they they'd swing around every now and again and promote something. Yeah. You yeah. know, so it wasn't like they were there hungry every week. Yeah. You know, yeah. but. <clears throat> um, you know, when I was doing it, Josh D'Amigo, um, that was his first open mic that he ever did. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, you know, he's, you know, I would, I would consider him pretty successful on a local level. Yep. Um, you know, Rob Dees was, you know, was, was just getting going. Yep. I mean, I, I used to have an argument with Rob every Wednesday night because, um, it was also when Lost was on <laughs> and, um, and so he would come down and, you know, he would argue with me about getting his time in the <laughs> raffle so that he'd come back after he'd seen Lost. Um, and I'm pretty sure it made the, that argument made it into a song at some point, but yeah. I, I don't quite That's remember. Classic Rob, really. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, you know, Will Edwards, Aaron Bowen, um, Kerry Dopart. You know, yeah. uh, lots of uh, lots of really great local artists. Mm-hmm. That really, I mean, Jimmy Lunsford. Yeah. Um, started coming to that open mic and that's what made him interested in, and now he's hosting Lestat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he sort of took over the, the, the baton from uh, from Isaac John. Yep. So, yeah, and, and there, there, that was kind of interesting too because at that time it was a little bit like West Side Story. You know, Isaac was down at Lestat's and I was at Twigs and, mm. you know, I'd sort of come into it with these warring factions. It was like you had your Lestat's people and your Twigs people and when yeah. people were at Lestat's they were always dissing, you know, Twigs and when yeah. they were at Twigs they were always dissing Lestat's yeah. and, you know, really just exemplifying how transparent musicians really are. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And, um, but uh, it was Isaac actually that uh, that reached out to me and and you know he made a point a big point of coming every Wednesday and so I made a big point of going to the stats every Monday and oh, we cool. sort of we buried that hatchet and yeah, it, and yeah. it culminated in the year of the suit um, where uh, we put our differences aside and we agreed as hosts that we would um, we would wear suits to our to host our open mics for an entire year. Really? Yeah. Wow. And it was it, it was an expensive year. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Just so. in dry cleaning costs. Yeah, like dry cleaning and suits. Yeah, yeah. We would buy different well, suits. Well, well, we we, we we after we'd got through a few of our suits, you know, it was it was getting a little bit old. So it, Isaac and I used to have days where we would go uh, thrift store shopping <laughs> um, just to try and buy new suits. I got some really funky old suits. From yeah, that, yeah. That sounds so. Fun. And he has such fantastic dress sense anyway. Yeah, that, you know, that's yeah. awesome. Um, was it hard making the switch to the the new venue? Um, it took place in a really roundabout way. You know, we tried to keep it going after the cl- closing of Twigs. It didn't work. Um, mm. It really was handled very badly. The whole thing was handled very badly. Um, and it was a real shame. And I, I stepped away for a while. That's actually when I went and did some touring and, yeah. you know, and focused on other things. I, you know, I started working here at the radio station. And, and so I was just kind of trying to get my life a little bit more settled. And, um, uh, for a while, um, EJP, um, Eric James Pollan took over, um, mm-hmm. hosting at, at the Mueller venue, which was a massage school. It still is a massage school, but at that time it was a very active massage school and they actually, uh, you know, moved the massage tables aside. They didn't have a stage. It was really thrown together. The only thing they had in there was the Twig sound system yeah. and, um, which belonged to John Chikalea, who's mm-hmm. uh, the guy who, who's, uh, behind both of those venues. And, um, then the Mueller people moved that most of their teaching to another location still want that they really enjoyed the music so they uh, so they 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 actually put the money out to get some nice chairs and put mm-hmm. a stage in and mm. at that point I felt it was something that I could do because um I'm going to be completely honest I mean I don't want to host a ragtag open mic in a in a venue that's not even a venue i mean you've got to have some kind of identity i'm a total snob Mm. i've never said that i'm not (laughs) um, and so you know if i'm going to actually give up an evening of my week and you know go out and actually work to make sure that people can come out to this thing and build something that is is um, good for the community Mm -hmm. um, because i I believe it really is a a good community builder whether you're a musician or not yeah um and um, then i want it to be in in a nice place yeah, so, totally. That's cool, man. And so that's and so when Johnny then came back and said, "Okay, I'm going to show you this venue, and this this is what I'd like you to come. I'd like you to come back and host it." And I said, "Okay." So I went, I had a look. I'm like, "Yeah, I can do this. You yeah, know, th- this this is reasonable." Yep. Yeah. Cool. Do you have any uh, one piece of poignant advice for youngins out there wanting to get started? In yes, I do. Um, Hit us. My, <laughs> it's a it's a it's something that's kind of become my standard. Um, entertain as many avenues for creative output as you can mm-hmm. um, I think it's I if I had my way I would be an internationally successful touring singer songwriter that yep. was just adored by millions yep. <laughs> <clears throat> I doubt that's ever going to happen <laughs> um, but I have made a living out of um, looking at different areas of that. I've done voiceover work. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done, uh, um, you know, I've done the, the, the record label thing. I've done um, a radio show. I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I've designed album covers for artists. Yep. You know, it's like, don't, you don't have to, you don't always have to be this, the focal point. Just I've always enjoyed doing something creative where I've written about music. You know, I've, yep. I've got paid by writing about it. I've done articles about other musicians for newspapers. You know, yeah, it's like okay. whatever, 
as long as long if if you hone if you if, if you try 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 your hand at all those different areas sometimes you're going to figure out you know something different that you didn't know about yourself mm-hmm. a, a good way of um really exemplifying it um was uh i was at a, a one of these musician conferences many years ago now and um the guy was talking about how to promote yourself better as a musician and one of the things he said is that bios were too long he saw so many bios from people and it's like if you're writing a three-page bio about yourself or about your songs mm-hmm. you might be a good musician but it sounds like you're a better writer mm-hmm. and so it's about actually being honest with yourself and realizing you know find your strength you yeah. know because you know if you told me 10 years ago that I would have made more money in one year by reading voiceover scripts for local supermarkets mm-hmm. over going and playing the music that I deeply passionately believed in mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would have a laughed at you because I would have thought I was selling out yeah and and b I, I you know but at the end of the day those supermarket scripts allowed me to go and buy x amount of gear yeah. and I still play my music. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, yeah. there's no difference. It just, yep. it, it just, it all builds up. And 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 what's the best part of it for me is is when I do my taxes every April, and I sustainably write off my performing and creative career as its own business. Yeah, as me. Yeah, because of all of, the, and I look at all the different places that I got, you know, got money from. I'm like, mm-hmm. wow, this is pretty cool. Yeah, man. You know, it's 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 not touring in a big prevost tour bus mm. and you know yeah. having to you know surf my way through a sea of blondes backstage <laughs> at the end of every show yeah i mean we all want that yeah um but um but but you know it, it it's i think it's actually probably more satisfying yeah to it's a creative living yeah and 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 what's even more interesting is the number of people that um, ask me that that see me on the street and they use they use have different points of reference for me. Yeah. Oh, you're Tim Mudd, the writer. Oh, aren't you the guy that was doing the love songs? Oh, yeah. didn't I see you at an open <clears throat> mic? Didn't you perform that show? You know, mm-hmm. it's like yeah. that. That's kind of cooler to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's great, man. Thanks so much for coming on. Oh, thank you for having me. Thanks for thanks for coming all this way. I oh, mean, no you know, problem. I flew here just. For you. <laughs> I know um, you did. Could you uh, <laughs> could you sign off uh, the way you used to sign off your love song show? Oh wow! Hang on a second. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that's it from me, Tim. Love songs on Kixie ninety six point five. Ralph Rodate is up next, here to see you through the midnight hour into the morning. Make sure you're back here at seven p.m. tomorrow evening, and have a lovely evening. Thank you so much, Tim Mudd. Thank you, Bronnie. Too much talking, too much chatter. Acquaintance says we're cheap at a patter. You can tell the truth, but it won't matter. It's too much trouble on the vine. I said, the devil is open and God is closed. King's in drag. Lost all her clothes Timothy Mudd, he's a really cool guy He let me in his office and we chatted 
www.fourstrangers.com or on Facebook you can get him and chat to him, be friends with him. Uh, mm. I'm just singing along at this point because I kind of like this song. You don't know so I don't know the words though. <laughs> All right, so that was the last Bronny Bothers for 2011. Um, next time it'll be Pat McKenna. Pat McKenna has just quit music forever. He reckons. I went to his last gig on um, last Thursday night at ID Gaff in the city, Melbourne city. Um, I was emotional. I'm sure others were too. Uh, the the industry, the music industry, lost a juggernaut that day. But I'm sure he'll be back in some form or another when I when I peer pressure him one day. Um, so yeah, come back next time for that. That'll be you know early 2012. Also, I'm playing with Hawksley Workman on the 13th of January. Hawksley Workman from Canada. You guys will love him. So um. Check him out on the internet now and fall in love and then be willing to spend the $22 to come watch us play at the Northcote Social Club, um, 13th of January. And uh, that's it for Bronnie Bothers for the year. And me for the year. I'm done. I'm going to go try to write these songs that I've been struggling with for the last two months. I have so many half-written songs right now. All right. Have a good festive season. Um, I'm going to go be me for a bit. And uh, Happy New Year and all that sort of jargon. Peace and carrots. I'll see you next time, next year, when I can bother you some more. Lots more. Give me your money.